Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Well, hello and welcome back, everyone, to Simplify Jesus, where we are breaking barriers through communication. I am Bill. This is Matt, and we're going to be talking to you today about more stuff from Genesis. It's going to, we're going to be in Genesis for a while, I think. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. So, so welcome everybody. This is Bring Your Family to Work Day. Uh, was summer vacation, uh, fun times where uh, we've got the kids running around. And so, please excuse any background noise you might hear. Just our kids in there having a good time and enjoying their summer vacation. Last week we talked about Abraham, and Abraham sent his top, most trustworthy servant to find a wife for his uh, son Isaac. But he sent he sent him to go back to his homeland to find somebody among his family, which was interesting. But we talked about how there were closed loops and God had a plan and all that. Go back and check that out if you haven't heard it. But the servant went and had a very specific sign that he he knew that would have been a sign from God. He asked God to have this woman say the exact words, and lo and behold, she did. We don't know how long, but uh, how long he waited, but a woman came up and said the exact words that he asked for. And uh, Rebecca went back with the servant and um, the servant spent the evening with uh, the family of this woman. And um, after spending some time with them and, and discussing, uh, she ultimately ended up going back with him and Isaac took her as his wife. Um, it was a really cool story. So if you didn't, if you didn't listen to that one before this one, please go back and listen to that because it uh, really ties into that and what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so what um, what is today's uh, today's story, Matt? So today uh, we pick up where um, Isaac and Rebecca started their family. So Isaac was about forty years old when he and Rebecca got married. I guess got married is kind of a you know, it wasn't like a wedding ceremony <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, when they became husband and wife, we'll call it that, right? So uh, Isaac was about 40 years old. And not long after that, uh, Rebecca got pregnant. And she uh, was pregnant with twins that when it was Jacob and Esau. So interesting little factoid. In, in Genesis 25, it talks about that even before they were born, these guys were fighting like brothers, which I grew up with two brothers. You know, we were, I think we were pretty nice to each other, love each other. We still love hanging out, all that kind of stuff. But anybody who's had siblings, you know what brotherly love's all about. <laughs> These two started that before they were even born. And uh, so much so that Rebecca even asked God why this was happening. And God told her in Genesis 25, 23, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And so she knew from the get-go that she was going to have a handful with these two boys. And uh, and they were, they were probably going to be fighting like cats and dogs. And so when the time came for them to be born, the first one to come out, was uh this guy was red they said he was real hairy um <laughs> which is which is just kind of weird to think about but they named him esau which means hairy we talked about that before oh. that they're 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 <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that before that that their names mean something back then right there's a reason they get the names that they have you're a hairy wizard <laughs> oh wait that's backwards sorry <laughs> wait, hold on hold on the, the the nerd side of the simplified jesus podcast i love it 
And then right behind him was Jacob, and he was the complete opposite, uh, right? Uh, fair skin, no hair to be seen, but he was holding on to Esau's ankle on his way out, you know, because I'm sure they were fighting and wrestling in the womb. So he was holding on to Esau. So he got the name Jacob, which means he grasps the heel. Or I saw some other definitions that, you know, may have meant that he was conniving or sneaky, something like that, uh, always trying to get the upper hand, which that becomes real appropriate later on. But we see from early on, from even before birth, these two were were fighting a lot. And that, that pretty well continued for most of their life. I love the details that get put into this history, this, uh, you know, uh, holding on to his ankle. Like, that must have been something significant. Like, God was, like, speaking to them. They knew they had to document this. Well, so, mm-hmm. wait, Moses is writing this, is he not? Right, yeah, so... Yeah, so Moses wrote um, the first five books, including Genesis. Right. So, so, but but to your point, God inspired him to write that. Right. right? God right. said, "Hey, this this is an important detail. You need to make sure to write down." Exactly. Yeah. He had he had every little detail in his mind that that happened at the time, um, the stories that were passed on, and God made a point to say, "Make sure you get this stuff down. This is going to be important." Mm-hmm. And with the way things turned out, we see that it is important. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that that little factoid is one of the ones that made it. It's kind of like the whole story of of that we talked about last week with Isaac and Rebecca. This long story of the servant going and finding the right girl and all that. We don't have that for anybody else, really. We don't know how Abraham and Sarah met or any of that stuff, but you know that story was important. There's a reason for it, right? So yeah, it's uh, it is interesting how they got all those little factoids in there. So they fought like cats and dogs in the womb. And then growing up, they really couldn't be more different. Uh, Esau was your manly man. He liked to hunt and fish, and he was the outdoorsman, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Whereas Jacob was more of the homebody. He preferred to be at home. We have some indications he maybe was uh, more of a chef, uh, liked to cook in the kitchen, that sort of thing, which is nothing wrong with either one of those. But because of that, they kind of gravitated one to each parent. Esau was closer to Isaac. And Jacob was the favorite of Rebecca. And so even in their growing up, they were very different. Parents so, don't have uh, favorites. What are you talking about? No, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny thinking about it from, um, uh, you guys know, uh, Rachel and I don't have kids yet, but um, think about it from like even a, a teacher perspective, teaching kids, like there are every year there are kids that I'm like, yeah, they, these kids, they're just really good kids. Like, I just really enjoy it when they're here. And there are other kids like, oh, okay. I lo- love them all. I want all of them to always be there. But but yeah, fa- favorites happen. Some can be a little more <laughs> difficult than others. That is part of life. And a lot of it, uh, honestly, a lot of it's just the connection, right? It's it's yeah. who you who you have stuff in common with and all that kind of stuff. That's That's a lot of where that comes from. And that's what we see here, right? Is that... Esau had more connection with Isaac because of their hobbies and whatnot. And mm-hmm. Jacob, the same with Rebecca. So um, I think, yeah, and, and I think from a parent's perspective, even with our kids, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a, a almost teenager girl and, and a, and a nine year old boy and different times they gravitate to different parents. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they want to be with Emily and sometimes they want to be with me and it just depends on, on mm-hmm. what they're feeling that day. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I can, I can speak, pick out different spots in my life growing up that I was like that, that I gravitated more towards one or the other and just different life stages, that sort of thing too, for sure. Yep. So 
there was one day Esau, he was out in the field, uh, went out on a hunting trip, probably a successful one, but he came in starving, which if you've, if you've been out on a, uh, on a good deer hunt or pig hunt, something like that, you can, you can work up an appetite. Uh, That's for sure. so, so Jacob, uh, just so happened to be in the kitchen cooking up some stew Esau, of course, coming in from the trip. It's like, Hey, hook me up. I'm your brother. Like help me out here. <laughs> but Jacob, being the one who has the nickname that can mean conniving and sneaky and all that stuff. And just being a good younger brother said that Esau could only have Stu if, if he sold him his birthright. That is so crazy. <laughs> so in case you're not familiar with the idea of birthright, because in, in our culture, it's really not a thing, but in ancient culture, it definitely was. And so the idea is that the firstborn son in a family inherits the, the family stuff. So that was the property, the land, they were considered the head of the family. So there's an interesting story actually down the line that Moses deals with where a family had all daughters. And so they said, okay, well, what do we do with the land? What do we do with, with all this stuff? Because it, it went to the firstborn son. So that was just, that was kind of how they did it. But but that's what the birthright was. And so um, the idea was that once the father or the, the patriarch died, that the firstborn son would take over all that responsibility, but it also came with all the rights and privileges that that came with as well. So that's the new head of the family. And so that's what Jacob convinced Esau to sell. So it, it, like you said, it's just crazy, right? That, that Esau would give all of that up for a bowl of stew. Yeah, I equate that with, you know, kingship. Like, you've got a king, firstborn is is in the seat to be the next king, right? I, I mean, um, Isaac wasn't a king, but it was kind of the same philosophy, right? The firstborn gets, mm-hmm. gets it all. Yeah, it's interesting. So to say, you know what, I'm going to be king, but I'm going to give that up for a bowl of stew. What? First of all, yeah. that they have the birthright. Second of all, how hungry was he? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and he even says something to something to the effect of, well, what good does his birthright do me if I die? Like if I'm not around. And so, so obviously this was a, it was a big deal, but, but it feels a little bit flippant in the moment, or at that, least looking back on it, it feels flippant. That better have been a big bulls too. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best stuff you can find too. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so he gave away. Uh, for this bolus too, he gave away everything that was rightfully his as the firstborn son. Here's the sad thing, though. That wasn't the only time this happened. It was the first time it happened, but it wasn't the only time. So Jacob used his sneaky ways to also get Esau's blessing. And so that all, everything we just talked about is in Genesis 25. Genesis 26 has some other stuff going on with Isaac and Rebekah. We're skipping down to 27. And at this point, Isaac is getting way advanced in years. And so he was ready. He was at the point he's ready to pass down his blessing to his firstborn son, which is still Esau. So so the birthright is a separate thing. That's like the physical stuff, you know, the land, the property and all that. But the blessing was a spiritual blessing. So um, this is something I'm sure Abraham passed down to uh, Isaac as he got advanced in years. The same blessing that God gave him, he prayed it over Isaac. And so... Isaac was ready to pray that over Esau and the blessing was to become a great nation just as God had promised. And so Isaac called in Esau and said, go hunt, go do what you do, find the very best animal you can find, cook up a special meal just the way I like it. And then I'll hand over this blessing. 
Well, Rebecca overheard the conversation and she went to her favorite, Jacob, and said, hey, I've got an idea for you. She came up with this whole scheme to trick Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing as well. And so Rebecca knew Isaac. Obviously, that's that's her husband. She knows that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And so uh, she knew what kind of meal he would want. So she told Jacob, go get a couple of young goats, bring them in. She would prepare the meal. She would take care of all that. But if you remember from from when they were born, Esau was a really hairy dude and Jacob was not. One of the many ways these guys are polar opposites. And so Rebecca had thought this thing all the way through. She said, well, go get one of Esau's coats that apparently was fur. Go put that on. It'll smell like him. It'll feel like him. And then you can take the meal to him and your father will never know the difference. Apparently his eyesight was real bad. Of course, I'm 31 and my eyes, my eyesight's real bad. So, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know I if your eyesight, I don't know if your eyesight's so bad that you wouldn't be able to tell who's standing in front of you. No. <laughs> I, this is true. Even without glasses, I can usually make out enough of the figure to figure that out. Uh, yeah. And, and so Isaac couldn't see well. So he was relying on, you know, what he heard and what he smelled, what he felt and all that. And so Jacob goes in there. And did everything just like Rebecca told him, took the meal. And the only thing that Isaac picked up on was that Jacob was Jacob's voice. And he said, you know, I'm hearing the voice of Jacob, but everything else tells me this is Esau. So we must be, this must be the right person. I'm not, not worried about it. Not only is Um, my eyesight gone, my hearing is going too, and I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I'm just falling apart at this point. That's right. And so he blesses Jacob. He hands over the blessing to Jacob. Well, all during this time, Esau's out on a hunt and he, he comes back from the hunt, brings the animals, makes the food just the way Isaac wanted it. But when he took it to his dad, Isaac was, was so upset. He was trembling. He was trembling with, uh, well, just upset. And I think probably frustration, disappointment, all of these things, knowing that he had blessed Jacob instead of Esau as he intended. And so, you know, being Esau, like, I can't even imagine what he must have been thinking. Like, to your analogy earlier, you know, Isaac's the king, Esau's the firstborn, so he's got the right to the kingship, but he's already given up the birthright of all the stuff. And now he's lost the blessing of becoming a great nation. So, so then can you, I don't know if you can or not, but can you explain I guess the definition of the blessing, right? Because God gave Abraham the blessing mm-hmm. of being a great nation. But now mm-hmm. the blessing has been taken away from Esau because of an oversight, because he was tricked. And Isaac is very upset about this um, when he finds this out. Um, obviously, Esau is upset about this because he's lost everything. But this is such a a huge thing for this culture it's like, sorry, I already said it, can't take it back. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where I've, I've been, I've never understood what it actually means to give a blessing in, in this time, in this age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think the, the, probably the closest comparison to, what we do today is is the equivalent of praying over somebody. So, for example, I was um, ordained recently um, as a deacon at our church, and part of the the ordination process was was other ordained ministers coming and praying over us. And so, 
they do some of the laying on of hands. That's the you know symbolic more than anything. Mm-hmm. But but it, but it's praying. It's you know praying encouragement, praying you know challenges, uh, praying for God's protection, all that kind of stuff, right? And I think that's probably the closest equivalent in today's culture to what a blessing was then. But you bring up an interesting point, and that is that you know Isaac here is has has said you know the the blessing has gone to the other son and so he doesn't have a blessing like yeah. he doesn't he he gave it up it's it's gone and and that's not the case with praying over people you know i can i can pray over a situation for bill the same way i can for my wife the same way i can for anybody else i don't run out of quota of right. you know being able to pray for people <laughs> right right um so so it is interesting um and and in fact the the blessing that he gave to Jacob, the, uh, a piece of it. He just, he says, may people serve you and nations bow in, in homage to you. Be master over your relatives. May your mother's sons bow in homage to you. Those who curse you will be cursed and those who bless you will be blessed. And so, which is interesting, that last line there is definitely the exact same one that God gave to Abraham. Abraham handed down to Isaac. Yeah, it makes you wonder, or it makes me wonder thinking about it, like, is that blessing so specific about you being the great nation and and that being passed down that you can only do it once. I, I don't know. I don't know how all that works, the the logistics, so to speak, of that. Well, I wonder if it's not people of God back then, their faith, from what I can tell in the Bible, their faith was so huge, so unbelievably faithful. I mean, they just, you know, if they asked God for it and they believed it to be done, it was done. Right. If they, if they, let's look at Abraham, right. God said, go kill Isaac. So he did, or he went up to the mountain to go do it because God said so. And a few weeks ago we talked about not hearing from God today. And that's probably, and you, you said because of the, we've got the Holy spirit now. So we don't hear from him audibly like they used to back then. I wonder if it's not because their faith is so strong that they only have, he, he says, I give you this blessing. It's given. God has it and God's going to use it. I have faith in that. Mm-hmm. I can't take that back from God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that's, you know, it, it, Two two things about that. One is, like you said, the faith aspect of um, no, like like I prayed this blessing over him. It's going to happen that way. It's it's a done deal. I think the other thing is that it, it shows a lot of um, meaningfulness in the words, and 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 what I mean is that they he meant what he said. And so, you know, one of the things that um, I know I find myself dealing with in in the construction world with contracts and all that stuff. I always want everything to be written down. I want it in an email. I want it in the contract. I want something in writing that says, this is what we're going to do. Because to it's difficult to trust the people at their word. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, and not, not to say that people aren't trustworthy or that they're intentionally deceitful, but that if I've got it in writing, I know I'm covered. This here shows that Isaac was serious about that. When he gave that blessing, that was, that was the blessing. That was it. And so... Mm-hmm. So it was a, I think you're right. I think it was a lot of, it was a faith thing of like, no, like this is, this is, I've handed this over my faith in God says I've already handed this over, but also that he, he was very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And I think when we, 
I, I don't want to speak for you or anybody else. I know for mm-hmm. me, when I'm praying, um, I can get distracted and, and I can, I guarantee you my prayers are not as faithful as what these guys were back then who have audi- audibly heard from God on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. I can look back on my life and see what God's done. Uh, we've talked about that many times, but even still in this busy world, I I, I just I know my faith isn't as strong as, as what theirs probably were, and the distractions are real, and 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 I think God understands that, and that's that sanctification part, right? We're trying to mm-hmm. build our relationship with God from the moment we accepted Jesus in our hearts then that mm-hmm. sanctification part starts and we're, we're trying to grow in that faith. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's all part of that process. And so it does kind of, um, it's kind of challenging to see the faith these guys had without all of the stuff that we have today um, as backup, but they were all in and they went through sanctification too. I mean, we see that in Abraham's life, right? Sure. He started off and he was kind of, I don't know about this. And, it wasn't always all in, but we see at the end of his life, he was. And so that, that growing faith, um, all part of it, that's, it's just interesting to see. It, it really is. I mean, like I said, it's just challenging. It's challenging to see that with, it, uh, as little as they had, then they had that level of faith, mm-hmm. um, and that level of intentionality. I mean, I'm, I'm very much the same way in my prayer life. It's, you know, some days are, are great where I, you know, I feel like I'm blocking everything out and, and can have that conversation. There are um, more often than not. There, there are the distractions. The it's like my mind turns into a super highway of all the things I need to think about for the day. The the level of focus and all. It's um, it's difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it takes um, takes practice, takes patience, and mm-hmm. it just takes. Uh, well, I'm thankful for God's mercy and His His grace <laughs> with us for sure. That's right. Absolutely. Okay, so Jacob did, just as Rebecca told him, took the meal to Isaac and received his blessing. Mm-hmm. What what happened next? So so Esau comes in. He he came in from the hunt, made food just the way Isaac liked it, um, not realizing what, what's just happened with Jacob. And uh, he took it to his dad. But when, when he did, you know, of course, Isaac is sitting there thinking, okay, well, I just gave away the blessing. And so... He was very upset about this. I mean, to the point that the Bible says that he was trembling um, because he was so upset, realizing now what had happened, that his ears weren't failing him, that that was Jacob's voice, but that he had been tricked into giving away that blessing. And so Esau comes to him and he begs him, like, there's got to be something, some way you can bless me. And Isaac tells him in Genesis 27, verses 39 and 40, He says, look, your dwelling place will be away from the richness of the land, away from the dew of the sky above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you rebel, you will break his yoke from your neck. And so Jacob gets this elaborate blessing about becoming a great nation. You will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And Esau gets, you're going to live by the sword and you're going to serve your younger brother. Like that's that that's all he had left i would say that's almost equal to the the i guess the curse if you will that that god gave to adam and eve you're gonna i'm kicking you out of the garden and you're gonna sweat when you work and and life's gonna be rough you know it's really interesting because we look at esau in the story and 
I don't know that he necessarily did anything wrong. Now, granted, being that flippant with his birthright was a mistake. And he was he was apparently a kind of a rambunctious man. There are notes in Genesis that talk about him marrying Canaanite women. So maybe that's that was a factor in some of this. I don't really know. But it's interesting to see that, that Esau, you know, he was the firstborn, but he loses everything. And he didn't really, you know, this isn't a Cain and Abel situation where Cain was kicked out because he killed Abel. It doesn't look like Esau really did much, but it went the way it went. And so out of Esau's anger, Jacob, of course, heard about it. Isaac called Jacob to him and said, look, you need to go back to Haran, uh, where Rebecca's family is, and uh, go, go there, find you a wife. And so Jacob ran away. And so he and Esau were, were separated for a long time after that. That's interesting that Isaac was taking his side and saying, you need to get away from your brother. He's going to kill you after he had been tricked by him. But that yeah. baffles me because I don't know that I would have wanted anything to do with him after that. Or maybe that right. was his way of gently saying, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I've, I've wondered about that. Is it, you know, I think there's, there's probably a little bit of the protection instinct of, you know, hey, you're you're still my kid. I'm not happy about this. You're still my kid. You might want to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, I mean, this is the kid he blessed. So he's, he's kind of got to take care of him, right? This is the next generation. This is it. So I don't know. It's the whole dynamics crazy. Yeah. Um, but that this is the story of Jacob and Esau. It's all crazy. Man, that is a crazy story. Man, it, it seems like every story we've come through so far has just been. Even in creation, from Adam and Eve, there has been drama, 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 to the point where God says, I'm destroying the world, and now we've got we've got uh, Noah's family now, and Abraham, and, and descendants, and drama, 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 drama. That's enough. Yeah. I hate drama anyway. So, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get out of the drama side of it. It wouldn't make for a good story if we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, and, and honestly... You know, all of these years later, so this was like 1800 BC-ish, okay? So 3,800 years ago, we're, we're still pretty drama-filled today. And celebrating so, yeah, it so, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, sadly. <laughs> so what's going on amid all this drama elsewhere in the world? So a couple of interesting things that, that I noticed from our timeline. Um, one is that uh, this is roughly the time that Greece was instituted. Um, so Greece came from the line of Japheth. Greece is, is known as one of the first truly like Western civilizations, country that was open to thought and, and conversation, uh, theology, that sort of thing. So this is about the time that Greece gets started. Who did Japheth come from? So Japheth was one of Noah's sons. One of Noah's he sons. was one so, of Noah's three sons. Shit. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I forgot mm-hmm. about the third there. Okay. And then a fun little side story. So uh, we've probably mentioned this before, but Bill's got this map in his office there that shows uh, the Bible events and kind of what else was going on in the world. And that's what inspired some of this podcast. Well, there's this guy named Emperor Yu, and on the map, it just says Emperor Yu, the great colonizers. Like, well, let me look into this guy. Apparently, he was the 
kind of instituting member of the the Zia dynasty. Um, it was the first real dynasty in China. And the way that was established is he passed rule over to his son. So that's what started the dynasty, which it's just kind of interesting to think about that there had to be a first one of those. You know, we, we were talking about kings earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The kings passed it down through the generations. Well, this is the first time that happened in ruling China. But kind of just a fun little side story I found on him. He was best known for his efforts to reduce flooding. So there was a river called the Yellow River that ran through uh, wherever he was in China. And so his father had been tasked with and unsuccessful in uh, stopping the constant flooding, uh, flooding the plains. But Emperor Yu organized the tribes and he set up an irrigation system that would route the water during the rainy seasons in further inland. And so it didn't flood. It was just, it basically fill the irrigation system instead. And that's how he came to power. So just an interesting, interesting little story that I saw out of the, uh, out of the map today when I was doing some research on this, but. And that folks is how you know that Matt is an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> also known as a book nerd. Uh, <laughs> um but but it's but one of the cool things that we're that we're starting to see, and we've mentioned this a little bit every week, is how some of these civilizations and these societies that are so well known today and are are very important throughout history are being established. We see we see Greece started, and then in China we're seeing the first dynasty established, the first family dynasty established, and so uh, just some some cool stuff going on there. And that's what I love about this kind of series we're doing because not only are we talking about the things that are so important in the Bible, but the Bible doesn't talk about the entire world. You know, once once people start splitting off, uh, the Bible kind of sticks to what's leading to Jesus, right? What's Jesus's descendant or the line where he comes from, the things that are happening, uh, and the things that help us to know how to live our lives, the things that God needs us even today to read. So it's really interesting to be able to look at other parts of the world that weren't recorded in the Bible and see what's going on. I really, really love that to be able to think I, I've never really put it together that of course things in the Bible are happening. And of course there are things on the other side of the world that are going on as well. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I love it. I love plugging it back into history. And and like we've talked about before, it just makes it more tangible, right? Mm-hmm. That, this stuff actually happened. You know, some people view the Bible as a great storybook and, and, you know, good morals and all that stuff, but it's history. It's, mm-hmm. it's truly history. And so it's really cool to see how it all plugs in. Yeah. Well, speaking of Jesus, how does Isaac and Jacob and Esau and Rebecca point his direction? So one of the cool things that I noticed when looking at this story is when uh, Jacob and Esau were still in the womb, Rebecca was concerned about how much they were fighting inside of her. And God told her, two nations are going to come from you and the older will serve the younger. And in that culture, of course, like we've been talking about, that would have been very strange that, that, the, that the younger would have the birthright and the um, authority and all that kind of stuff. But you, so you would think that that would be something that stuck with you, that Rebecca would remember that. Um, and Isaac too would remember that and hold on to that and just kind of know, okay, Jacob was the second born. He's going to be the one. He's going to be the one to rule over Esau. He's going to get the blessing and the birthright and all that stuff. But how the events played out and how the story is captured is pretty clear that they weren't thinking about that when everything happened. It wasn't like Rebecca said, ooh, Jacob's supposed to get the blessing. 
tell you what, let me go trick Isaac into doing this. No, mm-hmm. she just wanted Jacob to get the blessing because he was her favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing with, with uh, Isaac and Esau. He didn't spurn Esau um, and give Jacob the blessing because of this. So prophecy, even though they heard it and they knew it was coming, they didn't really think about it. And so the the interesting thing about that is that when you look at um, the Old Testament, it is full of prophecies that point to Christ. The people that lived with Jesus during that time, uh, many of them didn't recognize that he fulfilled those prophecies, just how well he fulfilled them. And you know, some may have come around after the fact and whatnot, but they didn't understand at the time. But the cool thing is that what we see in this story and what we see in Jesus is that God's good to fulfill the promises. He's going to fulfill the prophecies. All this stuff's going to come true, whether we realize it or not. And so the confidence that gives us today is that all the promises we have in the Bible, that God's going to come through on them. Uh, we may not understand, we may not see it in the moment, but he's always going to come through. But kind of an interesting parallel in the prophecies of Jacob and Esau and Jesus and how they were missed, but they came true anyway. You know, and there's another interesting parallel to this, I think, you know, talking about Esau and Jacob and, and the older serving the younger. Wasn't John the Baptist older than Jesus? who is his cousin, who, you know, the same kind of thing. They weren't obviously in the same womb, but when Mary came to Elizabeth, they both leapt in, in the wombs, right? They, they recognized each other. And then John the Baptist served Jesus and proclaimed his name before he came. That's interesting. I had not thought about that. But yeah, yeah. So John the Baptist was his cousin, but was six months older. And so he was the one that prepared the way for for Christ to come. And then all throughout his ministry, all throughout both of their ministries, um, John the Baptist was pointing people to Christ as as the true Messiah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought I, about that. I didn't think about it until you were talking about the older serving the younger and, and mm-hmm. with Jacob and Esau. So yeah, that's I like the way things pop up in all of this. Yeah, there's all kinds of things in here. There is. There there really is. And and we could probably even, if we think about it, dig even deeper and find many more parallels uh, than oh. what we've we've just covered the surface, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna find more and I bet as we continue on through this series, we're just gonna be thinking back and thinking forward and you know, things we've read, things we haven't. It's gonna be fun. It has been fun already, but it's mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna be so eye opening as we continue. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, we're going to continue the story of Jacob. Now that Esau's out of the picture, right? No more blessing for him. So Jacob, here we come. Uh, so we'll continue the story of Jacob next week. And uh, he's going to go travel to Haran and start his family. Uh, does Esau come back in the picture at all? Or are we kind of done with him now? No, he, he actually plays a really important role uh, okay. down the road. Okay. So um, uh, they, in fact... Probably next week we'll talk about it. Jacob and Esau have a kind of a um, a big encounter when Jacob's coming back to the promised land. So yeah, Esau's definitely not done yet. Ooh, the suspense. Y'all come back for more <laughs> <laughs> next week, y'all on Simplify Jesus. <laughs> All right, I love y'all. It. Well, well, guys, that's gonna do it for us. Matt, why don't you take us home? All right. So as always, uh, if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. Be sure to follow us wherever you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Instagram, Pinterest. If it's social media, we're probably there somewhere. Uh, we've even got a YouTube channel with some stuff on it. So be sure to check that out as well. Comment, like, share, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear back from you, good, bad, or ugly. Um, we, we love to know what, what we're doing well, what we can improve on. So uh, shoot us a note. But until then, uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Take care, everybody.